Welcome to Authors Are Rockstars, a podcast dedicated to YA lit and rockin' music. I'm Michelle. And I'm Allison. Today we have our book picks of the month for you and an interview with the fabulous Veronica Rossi. Let's kick it off with you. What's your book pick, Allison? Okay, well, my book pick of the month is also known as by Robin Benway. It's about a teenage spy who has to go undercover as a regular high school student. And of course, there's like a cute boy, and she can't let him know she's a spy. It's a fast-paced read with friendship, romance, action, it would make a great movie, and it's perfect for fans of Allie Carter's books. Super fun. That's also known as Out in February by Bloomsbury. What's your book pick, Michelle? Well, my book pick is the end of the Unearthly series. It's Boundless by Cynthia Hand. Have a box of tissues ready, guys. This is a solid ending to the series, and I just loved it. But I'm not going to say anymore because I don't want to give out any spoilers. That's Boundless by Cynthia Hand, and that's out now from Harper Teen. Sounds good, Michelle. All right, well, let's get to the interview with Veronica Rossi. We have a treat for you today, listeners. Veronica Rossi, author of the Under the Never Sky series, is here with us today via Skype, and she's going to be answering a lot of the questions you submitted. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, and thank you, Veronica, for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Well, I love your books. This series, listeners, is not to be missed. It combines all my favorite things, slow building, smoldering romance, crazy intense action, and a touch of geeky sci-fi. So, <laughs> Veronica, genius that you are. Can you tell us how you came up with the premise behind the Under the Never Sky series and introduce our listeners to it? Oh, sure. Well, Under the Never Sky is a, it's a post-apocalyptic story and it's about uh, a world in the future that has been devastated by ether storms, which are these very horrible sort of like electrical storms that are constantly sort of ravaging the world. And what's happened is that it's driven society to break into two different kinds of groups. And one type of group, they're called the dwellers, and they lived in domed cities. And they have a very highly advanced lifestyle. Their lives are very sort of like inextricably linked with technology. They don't get sick. They live in virtual environments. They It's just a really sort of sterile and almost synthetic existence. The other group are those who were not fortunate enough to find shelter in these enclosed domes. And they're the outsiders. And they're almost the polar opposites of what the dwellers are. And they've kind of regressed into almost like a hunter-gatherer, a very tribal existence, and life is very harsh for them. They, like daily survival is basically their lives. And so the story is is told from a character from each of these worlds. Arya is the dweller. She is the one who starts the story in this very advanced enclosed city. She's cast out. She's accused of a crime and she's cast out into the outer world where she meets Peregrine, who's an outsider. And the story is basically told from both of these characters. And they each kind of have their own arc that they're dealing with. Um, They're complete opposites. It basically chronicles them sort of getting to know each other. They're forced together to, to work together. And it chronicles their journey together and sort of like the the collapsing of all these ideas that they had of each other and their worlds. And then uh, there's, you know, 
there's a romance in it. I don't think I'm giving anything away. But <laughs> a smoldering romance. We loved that. And honestly, the first book was one of our favorite titles published last year. And we pretty much went nuts for the sequel. And I know we're, our listeners are going to as well. Which book was more challenging for you to write? Was there a lot of pressure going into the sequel? Or did you have it all planned out? Or how did that go? You know, it was a really different experience. Under the Never Sky, I pretty much wrote for myself. And I, I mean, of course I wanted it to be published, but I, I just basically told myself the story that I wanted to read with through the ever night. There's so many, there's so many variables that are going when you're, you know, under contract, um, you're dealing with deadlines. I was, I was also working very hard at promoting the first book. So it was more difficult to write the sequel. It was definitely more difficult, a very different experience. I was aware of the fact as I wrote that people were going to read it. And so I had to work very hard at like, just trying to get back to that place where I was telling myself a story and, and really just staying true to what I had already laid out. And I worried a lot, you know, because there are some pretty like, um, intense things that happen in the sequel. And I, I did, I, was going back and forth with myself a lot about like, oh my gosh, they're going to hate me for this. <laughs> but it, you know, really, I, you have to just write the story. You have to just follow the, the characters in their lives. You know, I can't really impose myself into the story and I can't impose my readers into the story. It's their story and it's Arya and Perry's world. And I, at this point, I'm just following them, you know? And so ultimately it was a, the sequel was harder, but in, in a lot of ways it was much more rewarding to write. Oh, that's so cool to hear. I mean, it's neat to hear about that process. And I love it when authors talk about, oh no, the readers are going to hate me for this. Because honestly, those readers, they, they kind of want that. I mean, you have to put intense things in there. So they're going to love it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've seen, you know, I, I try not to read too many reviews because I have to really, the voices can get kind of loud and I need yes. my voice loudest, obviously. But the, the funny thing that I've seen is that the things that I worried about are, are the things that people seem to really be responding to. So it's kind of funny, you know, you worry, but at the end of the day, it, you're, you're exactly right. That's what you read for is sort of those like, oh my gosh, no. You know? <laughs> exactly. So you're doing it right. So one of our listeners asked a question that as a librarian, I really love to ask authors. It's about research. Our listener, Anna, would like to know how much research did you do to create the very rich world in your series? Oh, I, I, I adore research. I love it. Um, it's one of my very favorite parts of the writing process. And I did a ton of research for the first book because it was a lot of building the world. I didn't quite have to research as much with Through the Evernight because I had already established a lot. But I did research in everything from genetics I did a lot of research on the biodome in Arizona, the biosphere, which was like, like an enclosed habitat, just to kind of read how they set that up and what it looked like. And so I, I researched that quite a bit. I, I even read books on cannibalism. And, uh, you know, I just I love that. I'm like a total nerd. I mean, it, it, <laughs> I just love like the science channel, the history channel, you know, anytime I'm like learning and intaking information and sort of like expanding my knowledge base, I'm like so happy. And so I loved the research and I did quite a bit. And, and now I'm, I'm actually working on a new series and I'm, I'm just reconnecting with that part of the writing process and really enjoying it. So Ooh, that sounds fun. <laughs> well, Anna was just full of wonderful questions. We have another one from her. She would like to know what books influenced you and if you have a favorite character within your own series. I know that's like choosing your favorite child, but 
Uh, that's such a tough one to answer. Well, okay, let's see. The first question, I don't know. Let me think about it for a second here. I'll answer the second question first. <laughs> Favorite character. I think that's, that's it's really impossible, you know, to, to choose. I have had a lot of fun writing Roar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can imagine. Yeah, he surprises me. So that's fun. And I've had in the, the second book, there's a character who comes back named Soren, who is a lot of fun to write to. It's fun to write a character who's sort of mercurial because they surprise even you, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I, I just can just slip right into Arya and Perry's minds. And they do surprise me from time to time. But the characters who are really mercurial are the ones that are just so fun, you know, to write because it, it injects a lot of, of energy into the into the writing and into the story. So what was the first question again? Do you mind repeating? What books influenced you? So many. I mean, I was really influenced a lot by the nonfiction that I read. I Feed by M.T. Anderson was very impactful to me when I first read it. I just, my mind was sort of blown. I loved that book. I just, I have so many favorites, you know, and I think whenever I'm asked this question, I always have to kind of like relate it back to my career as a fine artist. I am a trained oil painter and I worked for a while as a portrait artist. And when I was in art school, I had an art teacher that said, you know, whenever you're asked how long it, t- it takes to, to, to complete a, pl- a painting that you should say it took however many hours plus a lifetime. And I feel like <laughs> that's the case for writing as well. I think, you know, we bring everything, the whole sum of our entire lives to our work. And I think that it's really hard for me to say, like, like to pinpoint a specific book that's influenced this, because I think I was influenced, influenced from the very beginning of my, you know, life as a reader. I, I have always loved very big epic stories. I mean, I, I my son now is reading the Lord of the Rings series, and it's really a very bittersweet experience for me because it's so easy for me to put myself in his shoes, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, he's falling in love with the same characters that I fell in love with at his age. And it's this really tremendous thing to see. So I would say more than any specific work, what inspired the Under the Never Sky series for me was just the desire to play with opposites to play with like male, female, advanced, you know, and sort of the opposite of that, like a very regressed sort of society and even colors. Like I wanted to play with, you know, the ether is very blue and the outsiders are always sort of gathering around fires. So it was this cold light and this warm light. And so all these opposites were really intriguing for me to play with. And so that was probably the main thing that inspired me to write write that. And, and as well as um, just how dependent we're becoming on technology. You know, I, I look at my phone far more than I could. And yeah, <laughs> all of us do. That's so, so funny. Well, it must be, I love what you said about colors. That must be your artist background creeping into your life as a writer. That's so cool. Yeah. So how do you, how do you feel that your artist background does inform your writing? Oh, well, I, I see things very visually. It's really important for me to like, to be able to paint a very clear picture for the reader. And so, and that is the, the painter in me for sure. I think I probably, I probably do bring colors into things more because, because of being uh, an artist, because that's just how, you know, it's just how I see it. I do like a scene for me is a painting, you know, I, I, you have to think about the balance of 
what you're telling the reader and how you're telling it and where you want the focal point to be in the ser- in the scene. So I think it's definitely influenced me as a writer. Wow, I love that. Well, it's really interesting because our next question was from one of our listeners, Corey, who um, wanted to talk to you a little bit about your balance of world building and character development and plot movements. But it kind of sounds like you approach it kind of like you approach a painting. Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, I studied so much and I wrote so much. I wrote for, I would say, I think it was like seven or eight years before um, Under the Never Sky sold. And so that that's training, you know, and I, and I was writing very seriously. And I think that was me exercising sort of like that muscle or that instinct of knowing of finding a balance between when you're you're giving the reader, you know, dialogue and exposition and world building and character. There's so much that needs to happen in a novel. And, you know, you really do want to present it to the reader in a way that feels seamless. And so I think, you know, the idea was to like sort of like work and work and work and then ultimately get to a point where it, where it feels effortless and like there was no work, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I that's the fun part. You know, that's the fun part of writing. And that's the part that happens. So much of that happens in revisions and, and just fine tuning all of those elements so that it's, it's a enjoyable and you don't notice it. You know, my goal when I write is to just get, let the reader get swept away in what's happening and in the characters and let everything sort of fall away so that you're just being swept up into a journey. Mm, I think you definitely achieved that. And that's, it's so fascinating to hear your perspective on that because I mean, we all know how much work and blood, sweat and tears goes into writing, but you're right. Like the end goal is for it to appear as though it just, just magically appeared on the page. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think That's the right. readers really do get swept up. I love that. Well, oh. our listener Shelver says, could you please give us one idea that you considered using in your story, but swept aside for one reason or another, like an unused backstory for a beloved character or a plot twist, something you decided ultimately that didn't work. In the initial sort of iteration, of Under the Never Sky, Cinder was actually going to be Bohr and Perry's age. Huh. Yeah, he was going to be 18, 19. And I, we decided, I, I talked to my editor, we worked through it quite a bit and talked about it quite a bit. And we decided to try him as a younger character. He's, he seems about 12, 13 in the finished series. And once I tried that, it just immediately clicked and it felt right. Because what happened was it brought out, Perry's very much like a, a protector and, you know, I guess like a, um, a caretaker. He really takes it upon himself to protect and love the people around him and make sure they're safe. And the relationship between Cinder and Perry was, it just immediately fell into place when I changed Cinder's age and made Perry more of a mentor. When when they were the same age, I couldn't have that. You know, they just ended up sort of clashing and there was this nuance in the relationship that didn't happen that did when Cinder's age was changed to a younger age. Cinder became younger. So, yeah. Mm, that is a good change. I like the way it yeah. worked out. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So to go with Shelver's question, Diana asks, has there ever been a time where you wish you could change something in your books that you didn't like but was told to leave it alone like your editor was like no you have to keep that because it's wonderful No, you know, I'm very fortunate. My editor really, really trusts my instincts and I actually really, really trust hers. And so we we were able to work pretty seamlessly together. We work really well together. And when she gives me feedback, I, t- I consider it very seriously. And when I sort of like, you know, feel strongly about something, then she she definitely listens. So, you know, we there were a couple things where, where we had to talk about it more to really kind of figure out what was the best thing for the story. But I would 
definitely say that there was never like anything that had to go that I wanted to be in there. I think, you know, she really trusts me and, um, and I'm very fortunate that way. So. Oh, that's good. It sounds like a good partnership. Yeah, definitely. So our listener Mackenzie Lee would like to know how much your books changed from first draft to publication. Well, Under the Never Sky actually didn't change at all. Well, I can't say at all, but there were things. We kind of tightened a couple of sections and we expect, you know, we dug into a couple of characters to sort of make them, uh, flesh them out a little bit, but it really fundamentally stayed what it was when it was acquired by my editor. Through the Evernight changed a lot. That manuscript, I really did some heavy lifting with that one. I think partly because of what I described earlier with, you know, working with sort of like working as a professional writer, there's all these elements that you're dealing with and working under deadlines. It was, it was a really different experience. So it took me a little bit of a little bit longer to find my way with that book, but I'm very, very happy with how it turned out. And As I, are we. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. I think that's what I, I was sort of like alluding to earlier that that's maybe why it actually felt a little bit more rewarding. Cause I really had to fight to get that word, that book to fall into place the way that I wanted it to. And so the great thing is that all of that work, I just totally reap the rewards of it in the third book, which I wrote so quickly and it just felt so right. And I'm going into revisions with that one now. And it just, I'm just so proud of this last book and already, you know, even without it being completed yet. But that was a result of, you know, kind of the, the sort of the effort that went into the second book. So that's so cool. What a great process. Yeah, thank you. I mean, we kind of touched on this already, but Scott would like to know what is the most rewarding aspect of being a writer for you? There's so many things. I mean, I, I love, I love writing. I love what I do. Um, I've, I've been on actually a little break, you know, at, at having come through the holidays and I haven't sat down to actually write in a little while. And, and I, I definitely feel it. You know, I, I, it's something that I love so much. I miss it when I don't do it for a few days. So being able to write and to actually do it as a profession is an incredible honor. And I feel so fortunate that I get to do that. I, it just hasn't at all diminished from the day that I got the book deal. I just, there's not a day that goes by where I don't feel like I won the lottery, you know, like I'm so lucky to do what I do. So that is incredible. I have also absolutely loved to connect with readers and fans. That is incredibly rewarding for me. And I've been able to get out and sort of like pound the pavement a little bit on a couple tour stops. And it's just so rewarding to talk to people who have read and enjoyed the books. And I just there's just so much that's that's incredible about it from the personal reward of being able to do it to actually like, you know, the way that it's connected me with other people and with other writers and it's just been a blast. It's, <laughs> it's different every book too. That's another thing that I didn't expect that's been really rewarding. Every book is sort of its own journey and its own sort of like organism. And I just, I want to keep doing this as long as I can. Well, we hope you do because we love your writing. Just real yeah. quick, you mentioned tour stops and you have a tour coming up, right? Right. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about where they can find some more information? Oh, sure. Everything is on my website. It's www.veronicarossi.com. There's a tab there called Appearances, and all my tour stops are there. And I also have a blog tour going on right now that was so much fun. I had some great interviews with that that I had a ton of fun with. So that information is there as well. 
Very good. So check it out, listeners. And to wrap up today's interview, Veronica, let's take your characters out of their stressful lives and give them the night off to go out to karaoke. Because that would happen in your world, right? I mean, surely that's in there somewhere. Definitely in the closet. (laughs) Yeah. So if you were to write them at a karaoke bar, what would happen? Who would take the mic? Who would sing? Who would refuse? You know, it's so funny that you're asking this question because just yesterday I was in the car with my husband and this song came on. It's like an, it's the 80s song. I think it's called Don't You Want Me. Oh, yeah. He looks at me and he goes, I could totally picture Roar singing this song to Aria. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> racking up and I was like you know what you're right he totally would ham it up and it and it's a duet you know it's just like such like the song is so over the top and it's so funny but that that's what it has immediately come to mind because we were literally just having this conversation and he's such a ham so I don't think I can picture Perry singing I just don't think it's you know he's so he's he's not really want, like an attention seeker <laughs> yeah uh, but I could definitely picture Roar doing Roar and Aria doing that as a duo as the duet. That would be epic. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. Well, it sounds fantastic. Thank you so much, Veronica, for joining us today. It was such a pleasure speaking with you. Well, thanks so much for having me. Thanks to HarperCollins for publishing Veronica's books, and thanks to Veronica for joining us on the podcast today. It was so wonderful to talk with you. Yeah, it was. And if you guys haven't noticed by now, there's been something pretty fishy going on with this podcast. Allison is sick, so for the introduction, book picks, and this closing, I've been pretending to be both of us, but that's really her in the interview. I swear, it's not me. All right, Allison, well, we hope you feel better soon, right, guys? And we'll be back again soon with another Authors Authors Are Rockstars. Rockstars.